Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. These three women and millions like them are what Bannon hopes is the future of the Republican Party and the United States. Bannon calls it the precinct strategy. Ergo, we're going to take over everything from school boards all the way up to the House and the Senate. He is really talking about, from the ground up, remaking a party that is a Trump-loyal, MAGA-loyal kind of party. Okay, I want to start with Dan Schultz, precinct strategy. The precinct strategy's author is a Bannon regular, Dan Schultz, a local Arizona attorney. If we conservatives don't take over the Republican Party, we're going to lose our republic. President Trump comes out and endorses the precinct strategy. His step-by-step -step tutorial for taking over Republican politics is now considered almost gospel, inspiring thousands of believers in the election lie to get involved. GOP leaders in more than 20 counties in mostly battleground states told CNN they've seen a spike in participation. The precinct committee strategy, that's the first thing. Dan Schultz, I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. This, I'm calling everybody I know. Did you even know that we had a precinct in my neighborhood? I'm the committee person now. <laughs> you know, just just feeling like, hey, I'm 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 actually doing something. And now they are all doing something because of Ben. They're all doing something because of Ben and Dun Dun Dun. I actually like this. I would I would go back and recommend that everybody watch this thing because it's now look. We were going to lead the show with this. But we had to get the star on, Mr. Dan Schultz himself, to actually be able to respond. And Dan couldn't join us until the second hour, so we're going to lead the second hour with it. But it's like, is, is it not what I said? This is just playing the greatest hits of War Room and putting ominous music on top of it. And Sarah Murray there from CNN. Oh, boy. Sarah Murray. I remember her when I used to be in the White House Correspondence Room and uh, Sean Spicer or Sarah Sanders would be talking and she'd just be sitting there swiping Instagram all day long and then listening to whatever comes in over her earpiece. So sorry, Sarah, sorry to the other people in the White House uh, Correspondence Room, but we know that's, that's basically the level of your reporting, the level of your, what you're actually doing. Here in the War Room, it's about action. Here in the War Room, it's actually about doing something. So I wonder, do we have Dan? Uh, Mr. Dan Schultz, the, the star turn amazing how did you feel about your portrayal apparently you are the man that is somehow taking down democracy by participating in democracy if i if i have this correct yeah it was uh interesting because i thought ben ginsburg hit the nail on the head because he said there's nothing wrong with uh participating in politics as long as you do it fairly and nicely and, you know, it's basic American civics, participatory democracy, whatever term you want to use. And that's all that the precinct committeeman strategy is. It's a, an attempt to get good, decent Americans into our party. Uh, and uh, that's the best thing to do is, is to get into our party. Um, uh not too long ago, somebody on War Room said, oh, the thing to do is just join a group. Well, the best group to join is the Republican Party where you live. And uh, that's, a you know, you hit so many birds with one stone when you do it. Uh, because you're not only are you in the best position to get out the vote uh, for the candidates that you like, but you're also part of the apparatus of the party and you're able to change the party from within and it's there for the changing because over half of these slots on average wherever you happen to be are vacant 
No, that's exactly right. I, I can remember even being younger, um, just growing up outside the Philadelphia area and you know, getting involved and understanding at the local level the power of the the precinct, but then the local committee, and then that, that flows all the way up through the county, and then eventually you get your uh, your state parties and the and the state delegates, and they actually wield some serious power over the state party itself. They can choose the state chairman, and now you're talking money, right? Now you're you're talking who actually controls, you know, which candidates get the backing when it comes to some of these primaries. Uh, a lot of this goes on. Of course, my my background is more Pennsylvania in terms of that, but you see these exact same dynamic play out across the country. If you really do want to take back the party, it's got to be from the precinct level. And we actually did see um, a considerable amount of this back during the Tea Party days, which I did play a role in back uh, some 10 years ago now, 10 plus years ago now, believe it or not. And of course we all know Steve did. But so when, so Dan, you're you're going through, you're you're talking to people saying, hey, we need, we need citizen, uh, you know, citizen politicians, right? Citizen leaders stepping up, joining the party, taking these, you know, taking these movements, taking over these actions. You've been doing this for years now. All of a sudden, CNN turns you into some kind of boogeyman that they're portraying as if it's some horrific uh, tragedy. It's authoritarianism. This is this is Orban and Putin and the return of Franco, right? Because you're organizing people to run for committee man in their in their precincts and school board and others committee woman too of course every precinct has one one of each uh, we haven't gone down to all 56 genders yet for the committee positions but maybe we'll be there in some point and of course in new jersey they've got uh, transgender women in the women's facilities impregnating other prisoners so so then Tell me, what did it feel like to see yourself on CNN, even though I know not a lot of people watch them, I think war room audience is probably bigger, but what did it feel to see yourself portrayed like that? Um, well, actually, I thought they did a fairly uh, fair portrayal. Um, they didn't, I, don't, I didn't think they tried to make me out as a boogeyman, but what they did is they, they fashioned the entire program that over an entire hour, eventually they were trying to show us here in the United States as being scary, like the scary people over, uh, you know, in, um, in Europe, um, which of course we're not, you know, it's, we're the United States of America. We're Americans. I thought, uh, the portrayals of the, uh, the ladies that they, and the women that they interviewed, I'd, I'd really like to talk to them. I haven't had a chance to follow up with them yet, but I'd like to ask them how, how were you treated by CNN, uh, uh, I thought they treated them well. Um, I highly recommend that everybody go and read the CNN piece that they have uh, about the the documentary. Um, there's, you know, great tutorial videos. There's, uh, you know, they they make the point, for example, that every state is unique. You know, which I try to always weave into when I get three or four or right. five minutes with Steve that exactly each state's right. unique. You've got to learn the terminology because it's not called precinct committeeman in every state. And they made, and they made those distinctions. Um, so I thought they actually uh, did a, a pretty good public service, but of course what they tried to do over the course of the entire hour is end with, you know, saying things about, uh, you know, I, I wrote some of it down that, that, uh, Steve was diabolically disingenuous and uh, <laughs> a danger to democracy. And what are you talking about? All we're trying to do is encourage people to get involved and engage in basic American civics. And you can learn how to do that, of course, at my site, precinctstrategy.com. Well, I do have a, um, I have a, I have a rubric for being able to translate this, and it actually comes via Adrian Vermeule. And now I don't usually make a habit of quoting Harvard professors on a regular basis, but Adrian Vermeule is a, you know, sort of the, one of the token conservatives over there at Harvard. And he had a great line about this. He said, uh, he said, whenever they say democracy, they mean liberalism. That's actually what they're talking about. So this idea that our regime is controlled by this, this neoliberal uh, uniparty establishment that it really only has one option, right? Even though we've got two flavors of that option, there really is only one option forward. And so whenever they say there's a threat to democracy, which really has been the sort of cause du jour, the force majeure of the, new, the latest push here, what we're talking about is there's a threat to the ruling 
establishment. There's a threat to the ruling class in both, and of course, the political parties are the uh, the means by in which the ruling establishment establishes their power. And so, what you're doing is a direct threat to that power. But of course, you're doing so openly and honestly and transparently and saying, yes, of course, this is a citizen-led grassroots movement. This is the people of the war room. This is the people of the 50 states actually stepping up, saying we want to take power back for ourselves. We're sick of the moneyed interests. We're sick of the corporate interests. We just want people to be able to act around back. I remember one of the first places I got involved in this was uh, there was a um, there was a golf course right in, in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And uh, the all of the residents of the area wanted to keep the golf course there, but a hospital was trying to come in. And what did they start doing? They started paying off people in the committee. They started paying off people on the local board and the zoning board. And sure enough, guess what? That hospital is sitting there today because that's how corporate interests run so many of these things. And that's why you need serious citizen leaders in these positions that are actually going to look to the good of the community. They're going to look to the good of the local area. And, uh, and to your point as well about how all 50 states are different, that's what people need to understand. So again, if I say something that sounds more like a Pennsylvania thing, that's because that's my background. That's where I'm from. That's where I've done most of my work. That's what I know. Yeah, right. And, you know, like, uh, here's my little book. I, you know, how to get the real ball game of politics where you live to help President Donald J. Trump make America great again. I came up with that really catchy title. Um, Anyways, it's just seventh grade civics. It's everything that I learned in seventh grade. And unfortunately, they don't teach it anymore because the progressives succeeded in getting basic American civics out of the seventh and eighth grade curriculum, by and large. Uh, I know uh, here in Arizona, they had succeeded in doing it. Um, I was able to get some of it back in. I worked at the Department of Education uh, a few years ago and helped you know, slip back into the curriculum standards, um, you know, things like uh, what's a precinct committeeman and how are the electoral <laughs> college members, you know, uh, uh, determined in Arizona? Nobody, they weren't teaching the kids any of that stuff. But I got taught it in seventh grade way back in 1968 and 1969 in public school back in Wisconsin. And that's what's in my book. It's just what I learned in seventh grade civics because I knew that they weren't teaching it anymore. And uh, so uh, I've tried to put on my website at precinctstrategy.com something for every state. I've got something there for all 50 states. And then, uh, yeah, there's the button connect with other conservatives in your state. That's the uh, communications and collaboration platform. You click on there, you sign up, you come into the communications and collaboration platform. Like, for example, we've got close to a thousand people in California on that platform, uh, six, seven, eight hundred in Florida, uh, almost 600 here in Arizona. Get on the platform, start communicating and collaborating and learning from one another, share documents, set up chat rooms. That's what we need to do. My goal is to get as soon as possible about 300,000 America Firsters on the platform working together to help change the party and change the outcome of the all important, usually very low turnout primary elections. Well, and that is the bottom line up front, right? The saying the quiet part out loud because CNN themselves has pinpointed this as the pain point. This is the pain point for the regime. This is what they're worried about. This is why they're worried about losing influence because they realize that you have come up with a way of doing the work and it's the march through the institutions like the parties. It's going to be a march through the institutions of our universities, through academia, through corporate sector, again and again, Hollywood, right? That's what the left did. That's what the establishment did. They walked through all these institutions, took them over. And all we have to do is do the work, get down, get the, the dirt under your fingernails and do the work. And that's why I appreciate so much what you're doing. You're doing the grubby work some days, right? There's, there's forms, there's, uh, you know, the filing, the notarization, right? It is not rewarding work. But at the end of the day, when you start to see the change, it's amazing. Dan Schultz, thank you so much for your time today. All right, we are coming up next. We have Charlie Kirk. We're going to talk Sanus, Trump, Sass, maybe a little bit about evolving. Stay tuned.
You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. All right, remember MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Support the fight, support WARROOM. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code WARROOM, and upgrade your sleep system. I want to give a, a couple of shout-outs right now. Of course, first of all, shout-out to the Real America's Voice audience. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to support War Room, continue to stream us. Our next guest is actually our the person who follows us. If you're watching on RAV, do not turn that dial. Stay tuned because Charlie Kirk comes up after. But I also want to give a shout out to, I just got a text message in the break. Um, my one-year-old, AJ, who is watching the show and apparently has been yelling Dada at the screen through the entire time. So hi, AJ. I'll see you soon. See you when I get home. But I want to bring on, a very, we're very honored to bring in here to the war room, Charlie Kirk, uh, founder president of Turning Point USA. Charlie, we've just been having a discussion about the precinct strategy that the war room has been mm -hmm. putting together and CNN is going after this saying, how dare you recruit people to run for local committee man, committee woman? How dare you recruit people for school board, running for state delegate, running for uh, state committeeman positions? How dare, how dare the war room posse do something like that? How dare conservatives in America firsters? Charlie, do you have any opinions on that? Why is CNN targeting that specifically? Well, it's not just CNN, though, Jack. You have to understand the Republican Party doesn't want precinct positions to be filled. The establishment of the Republican Party. You see, the Republican Party it has a majority, a vast majority of national precincts empty uh, and vacant. I'd say anywhere between 75 to 80 percent. That's an approximation. But I know here in Arizona, we're not even going to have 50 percent of our precinct positions filled. And something that I was always pushing President Trump to do, and I'm still going to try to get it done is that at every one of these rallies, why doesn't he have people sign up to become precinct committeemen? It's the easiest transfer from rally attendance to actually holding the Republican Party accountable to be able to have a grassroots infrastructure. And the pioneer of this uh, on our side is Tyler Boyer, who runs Turning Point Action. He has been hitting uh, precinct committee positions for as long as I have known him. But I understand the Republican Party, they do not want a grassroots bottom-up party. They would rather have a Chamber of Commerce party, raise money, go to fundraisers, run a bunch of ads, but as soon as you have precinct committee positions that are thousands or tens of thousands of people in a state party, for example, in Arizona or even a smaller state like Wyoming or Missouri, then all of a sudden you will be able to control the entire party process. You could control open or closed primaries. You can control who your committeemen are. You can control who your state party chairman is. You can control your party guidelines and platform, I should say. That all happens from the bottom up the precinct committee position. And so everyone should become a precinct committeeman. There's been a lot of great people on this program I know that have been talking about precinct committee strategies. It's something I'm a big admirer and fan of. Well, that's exactly right. And I, and I think it really has been the pain point for the establishment because last time I checked, because I'm, I'm trying to follow the throughput of the logic here. So this is CNN upset that America Firsters are running for Republican 
committee positions. Right. I don't believe, and, and, you know, producer Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that Steve has ever advocated for anyone to run for the Democrat Party. So CNN is actually defending the establishment of the Republican Party yes. in going after this precinct strategy. And that's a very interesting concept and dynamic for people to understand. Yeah, because they need controlled opposition. So they need a Republican Party that is going to heal whenever they tell them to heal. So they need people like Docile. Kinzinger and whatever. And so a grassroots precinct committee strategy makes a Republican Party stronger. And that really bothers CNN and bothers the national regime media. Remember, they do not want to obliterate the Republican Party. They just want a Republican Party that will be perpetually in the minority and obedient to their commands. Charlie, uh, one thing that I know that you've been digging into today and we were talking a little bit during the break, is we, we've, we've got the juxtaposition of two horrific events, and, and Drew Hernandez is going to come up after you and go through some of these, uh, these, these violent events that we've seen, crimes. One at a mall outside of Indianapolis, where apparently a good Samaritan with a gun was able to stop a mass shooter in his tracks, but we've also just got the 80-page report of the Uvalde police failure, right, failure to uh, essentially do anything, right? 400 officers and agents were on the scene. We're also hearing that this town or this town, this area of Uvalde, because it's on that border nexus of the corridor, the trafficking corridors between Del Rio and Eagle Pass, they've had 47 lockdowns at this school, including the day before the shooting, right? Just this year, just this year, 47 lockdowns because of human trafficking activity. They call them bailouts. Uh, the car crashes, the illegals spill out of the car. They thought when they got the security alert that it was just another one of the bailouts. This is what's going on on our border. That's why it's got these, um, these law enforcement, one of the reasons that it's got them in vapor lock. Meanwhile, you juxtapose that with this kid, 22 years old, right? You know, young adult at the Greenswood Mall, just outside of Indianapolis in the Midwest where you're from, who stops a mass shooter in his tracks. Charlie, what's going on with our country right now? What's going on with this generation? So we're going to talk about this in the next hour. Uh, there is a news headline that we're going to have to read and really dissect. So Fox 59, the local Indianapolis uh, Fox affiliate, covered the Good Samaritan, preventing a severe mass shooting. Now, four people still died, and so it's still a tragedy. But as we've learned from Uvalde, and as we've learned from Highland Park, is that number can get very high very quickly, Jack is it can go from 4 to 20 very quickly and tragically. So this Good Samaritan comes in armed and neutralizes the shooter, kills the shooter. And how does the media thank him? Well, according to Fox 59, it says, Good Samaritan stops shooter, comma, disobeyed mall's code of conduct. That disobeyed the shooter goes in and saves lives. And how does, how, does the, how does the media thank him? Not with a profile piece. Not with a big picture like Stacey Abrams, you know, with like a big cape. No, no, no. Saying, hey, just so you know, in the headline, Jack, he violated the code of conduct. That's you know, what's I saw, happening. I, 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 was, I was getting some comments in last night as I was doing show prep. And some, when I prep, I like to kind of tweet as I prep, as I go, some of the thoughts that I may have. And um, one of the comments I got in was, hey, I thought that you, you conservatives uh, were all pro-lifers. You know, that's what your Bible says. It says to be pro-life. How can you support someone, right, that, that shot someone? And I said, stopping a mass shooting is aggressively pro-life. It's aggressively pro-life. Yeah, I mean, maybe they, that a person sounds like an atheist who's never opened the Bible. Um, using force to stop evil is not just allowed, it's commanded in the Bible. Precisely. Now, Charlie, uh, you and I, we're going to be together later this week. Uh, Tampa, I know the last time I was here, we talked yes. about this, but I'm going to fly down Wednesday. I know we're going to be doing human events daily from there. I'll do war room from there if need be. Rav will be down on the scene. Um, but we've got Turning Point USA, SAS, Tampa, Governor DeSantis Friday, President Donald J. Trump Saturday. Uh, tell us, what do we have in store this weekend down in Florida, down in Tampa? How is it shaping up? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the center of the conservative universe for a couple of days. I think it's going to be the biggest conservative event of this entire summer. The numbers are incredible, Jack. It's going to be much bigger than last year. And you remember last year, it was a real sight to be seen. And so as you mentioned, we have Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump who will be sponsored by Turning Point Action, our political vehicle, as Ron DeSantis is running for governor right now. 
of Florida, and who knows what Donald Trump's going to do anytime soon. And then we're going to have a straw poll, Jack. Whoa, whoa, uh, Charlie, you're, you're not you're not saying that we might get an announcement at SAS. No, I don't. Is think that so. is that potentially but, in the uh, cards? What do you think? No, I we just have to be careful at turning point. You see, so if he becomes a candidate <laughs> on stage, there, got to make sure that the right organization is sponsoring him. Uh, he's not a candidate yeah, exactly. yet, but we're going to have a straw poll. On set, starting voting opening Saturday evening, and we'll see what happens, wow. as President Trump would say. So that's going to be very interesting to see. And so we'll have students from all across the country. If anyone wants to come, it's tpusa.com slash SAS. Or if you just can't remember that, just go to tpusa.com. There's a big pop-up. Not to mention we have Greg Gutfeld, Laura Ingram, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle. We have Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley. The biggest speakers you could possibly imagine. Breakouts that will change your life. The entire theme this year, Jack, is celebrating Turning Point USA chapters. Uh, we believe chapters change the world at Turning Point USA. We believe our high school and college chapters are the backbone of everything that we do. And we want the greater population of America to know about how our chapters are moving the dial to actually have meaningful educational ac- activity happen on these campuses that I think it's one of the great untold stories of the last decade of how many Turning Point USA chapters there are and what they're doing. So that's going to be kind of one of the themes of SAS because I feel as if sometimes we have these events, Jack, and, you know, okay, great, these great speakers, but I want the focus to be on the students, not as much even on the speakers. Yeah, what next? Yes, and then what do we do on campus, right? So we have a goal to charter a couple hundred new chapters throughout SAS, both in person and remotely. So tpusa.com slash SAS, people of all ages are welcome Get your tickets right now. They're running thin. Where else could you hear from DeSantis and Trump, not to mention Gutfeld, Holly, Cruz, and, uh, Ingram, and all the others? And Charlie, just to close us out, I understand that you also have something of announcement yourself coming up. That's right. So we have my new book, The College Scam, which we will be talking about this week. All proceeds go to Turning Point USA, which is really fun, Jack. So you can get a book to learn about how awful college is. And then fund the organization that is actually starting camp <laughs> college campus chapters. Like <laughs> right, right, right. So they can go to collegescam.com. Just now, right, right. So all what you would consider to be royalties doesn't go to me. It goes to Fund Turning Point USA. It's a phenomenal book. I've worked on it for a while. Uh, I could talk about it at length, but I'll be very blunt. College is a scam unless you send your kid to Hillsdale College. Uh, then that's different. But most, almost every single college is a scam, and we have to say it out loud. We have to understand the financial implications the spiritual implications, the political implications of what I consider to be the third rail of American politics. So many people complain to me, Charlie, why is the country liberal? liberal? Why do people hate themselves? Why do they believe there's no God? Why do they believe there's no country? Well, maybe it's the multi-trillion dollar albatross that you send your grandkids to that you think Amazing. is not a problem, but in reality is harming everything. I, Jack, I will say this. There's people that dance around the edges on this topic but no one has really been, I think, as forceful as we have been in this book, as factually as we've been, saying don't send your kid to college, period. If you want to play Russian roulette with your grandkids' values or your kids' values, send them to college. All right, stay tuned. Make sure to watch Charlie right after us. War Room, got another couple of segments as we continue the rest of the day. Thanks so much, Charlie, for being with us. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm pl- proud to partner with Public SQ the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that could never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. 
take action. Do this today. Listening to there, so for, for folks who haven't seen this clip on, uh, it's been viral on social media, four million views the last time I checked on Twitter alone, and I uh, haven't checked Getter or Truth or some of the others. That's a mother who was the victim of a shooting, took place in Minneapolis in her apartment home, right? So the apartment building where she lived, and it sounds, and I've listened to it a few times, to me it sounds like she's saying she was moving in, right, with her children and her two children, both under five, as we've heard from reports, and that an individual came into the hallway and started shooting at them. A single mother and her two young children. Police then came, neutralized the threat. And yet Black Lives Matter went and started protesting on behalf of the criminal. And then she's confronting them saying, why are you doing this? And so to break this all down, because like I said, I've been doing show prep all night, uh, later this morning, double duty. By the way, did get the text. The one-year-old AJ did hear his shout out. Don't worry, AJ, dad will be home soon, right? Hi, AJ, hope you're not driving Nana crazy. And, but I wanted to bring Drew Hernandez on now because I wanted him to break down just what exactly is going on here when, a, when BLM is actually per, uh, confronted by the victim of one of the people that they're supporting, Drew. Well, we know that BLM doesn't really care about black people. They don't really care about black lives. Uh, it's just as long as it fits the narrative. It's if, a, if it's a white killer, white supremacist killer cop going after an unarmed black person, that's the narrative they try to exploit. But what happened here was the total opposite. It's a deranged psychopath black guy that decided to shoot at an apartment literally an apartment, not an apartment building inside at the apartment itself, children inside with a single mother inside. Uh, it's a very traumatic situation, a life-threatening situation. So police ended up getting uh, called and responded to the scene. Uh, apparently this individual put himself, barricaded himself inside of the apartment. Uh, the victim herself, the single mother, put out images uh, herself so she could put out uh, the truth. She put out photos. You could see bullet holes in the bathroom, through the sink, through the entire apartment. Uh, this guy was uh, attempting to kill, to murder these people because not only uh, the children inside and the single mother, but the surrounding residents in the apartment as well. So BLM shows up because there's like a six hour standoff between the police and this guy. They try to negotiate with him to surrender peacefully. He obviously doesn't. So according to police reports, two snipers took out uh, this individual. It's not clear as to what triggered uh, the police and the SWAT to actually take him out, but he was obviously a violent threat to the community and himself at large after shooting at an apartment building with a single mother and two little two little children inside. So uh, BLM shows up and defends the shooter. BLM shows up to protest the police 
taking out a violent threat to their own community, okay, predominantly black in the area and the region. And by the way, in that viral video, that single mother is literally telling these stupid BLM morons to their face that I have black children. What about their black lives? What about this psycho black guy that tried to kill me and my black children? Oh, no, no, be quiet, be quiet. Go back into your car, go back into your car, shut up. But this is what BLM does. Anytime it doesn't fit their narrative, even black people, shut up, black person. You don't have a voice right now. Your black life doesn't matter because we're here to defend the criminal. We're here to defend the criminal black guy that tried to shoot your black kids so you don't get a voice. You have to shut up. We don't believe all women anymore. We're just going to tell you to shut up, get in your car and call you all kinds of profanities and you don't just mock her. They're literally mocking her. It's always like those white liberals that are getting in her face. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Like, no, the, the poor woman just went through a traumatic situation and they want to say, they, they, you know, uh, the attorney Ben Crump takes to Twitter and says, oh, this is mental illness. They're blaming mental illness as to why well, this wait, guy wait, decided Drew, to so, shoot these people. So, so, so wait, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes there a little bit. Ben Crump, right? Walk the audience through who doesn't know who is Ben Crump how did he become associated with this situation and why is this so notable that Ben Crump is already involved here? Well, Ben Crump is essentially a race grifter. I mean, he's, he's, he's essentially the same as Al Sharpton. I mean, these people are like vultures, okay? They take the opportune opportunity. They, they pounce on the black community whenever there's something they can exploit to make a dime off of. They take advantage of these families and immediately these attorneys like Ben Crump pounced on the family, the shooter, and started to victimize the shooter as somehow the shooter is the victim in the situation, blaming it on his mental illness. The police should have never took him down, but he doesn't say a word, like I said, about the black children or the black community at large because these people right. Again, are if, race if you have a guy, That's exactly what they are. Right, and, 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 and Ben Crump, for folks you know, to understand the background, this is the George Floyd lawyer, this is, this is Ferguson, uh, this is Trayvon Martin, right? He goes all the way back, and... When, when I look at the situation and your heart breaks, right? Obviously your heart breaks, but the question that, that if this was somebody with a mental illness and that they ended up this way, but at the same time, right? If you are law enforcement and you understand there's a situation where you have an unstable member of the community who is presenting a threat to the lives of others and is shooting at a woman and her children, right? This is why we have law enforcement. This is why we have um, these public services, right? The same reason if your house is burning down, right? You're not going to start asking about, well, who are the people that live in the house? And what are the people that live on the street? And what do they have on Facebook, you know, in 24? No, we want public services to be able to go in and protect the people. We're just talking about with Charlie Kirk and we got into this uh, Indianapolis area, the mall situation with the with the Good Samaritan, right? And we juxtaposed that with Uvalde, where the police, of course, didn't take the shot. And we saw how many people died in Uvalde. And so um, then you have a good Samaritan, right, in Indianapolis. But look at the situation here, right? In Uvalde, we're criticizing the police for not doing enough, right? Then you turn around and you go to a place like this in Minneapolis, and the police do take out the shooter, and they're the ones who are being protested because they're called, uh, we, we have no idea, by the way, right, what the, what the race of the officers were or any of the chain of command or any of this stuff, right, from the scene because we don't have the reports yet and hopefully we do get them. And I'm sure that you will because I know that's what you do at Frontlines and, and TPUSA uh, every day is pull together this stuff and deal with some of these insane situations. But we also have to realize that for the, for the you know, sort of the Blue Lives Matter community out there, for the people who are police families, people like the family of David Dorn, right? People don't realize that his his widow, right? His former wife, it, she herself was a police officer, right? Who was currently serving the night that he was shot and killed. And people don't understand what it's like to come from one of these families. But they also don't understand when you look at these situations that on one hand, you've got 376 officers in a border town that can't go in and take out one 18 year old versus a place in Minneapolis where they do do it. And then they're protested because you got guys like Ben Crump who have turned it and, and to your point, Drew, He's turned it into a business model, bilking these cities out of their funding, suing them, going after them like crazy. Why? Because he gets what? He gets a third of some of these settlements. It's insane. They didn't even, by the way, and again, Minneapolis, right? George Floyd, he didn't even have to file the suit. They settled before it would even went to court. Absolutely. It's a total race grift what these people do, Jack. And like, I mean, it's just... 
it's crazy to see like how upside down we really are. I think that video pretty much shows us where we're at, where you have a mother that's gone through such a tragic situation. Her little children have gone. This through is one a of the most horrific situation. videos that I've seen in, in all of these. Yeah, this. This is this is terrifying. It's literally like zombies just showing up like you become the you become, uh, you know, the aggressor in the situation. You become the wrong one when literally it's you and your family that just got shot at and everyone's sitting there telling you like, no, you need to shut up. You need to go inside. You're the idiot right now in this situation. But this is what Black Lives Matter does. Like I said, they don't care about black people. They don't care unless it fits their narrative. And you see this time after time after time. And the American people are sick of this communist organization that exploits black people and even the black community and minority communities themselves to take a look at this and say, you know what? Enough is enough with this community because they don't give a damn about us. I mean, it literally is as simple as that, Jack. Well, what's, what's so interesting to me is, and we had Richard Barris on earlier and he was talking about uh, the DC jury pool. And of course, uh, one of the reasons, and we've said it throughout the show that I'm guest hosting today is that uh, our our favorite host, the general, the Commodore, I think the Commodore is what we came up with the last time I was here with my brother, uh, Stephen K. Bannon, is facing down the regime in the Perryman Federal Courthouse, just a few blocks away from where I sit, uh, going toe-to-toe with the regime today in this federal courthouse. But Richard Barris said when he was talking about the D.C. jury pool and he was doing polling here and opinion surveys, he found uh, something that he called the illusory truth effect. And I wrote that one down uh, with Steve Bannon's pen right here to say that it's amazing to me, the illusory truth effect. And it's it's similar to, I guess, the mass formation psychosis that Dr. Malone talks about. But this idea that and what, what Barris specifically said, and you hear this on the video, and I think it's exactly what you're getting at, that when people who are under the 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 spell, right, the enchantment of, of the illusory truth effect, when they're so wedded to a specific narrative or ideology or a source that they've gotten it from, that even if you present them with direct evidence, direct video, a, a woman with her children, I believe her children are in the car in the video, right? Mm-hmm. And she's telling you, this person shot at me in my home. He almost killed me. He almost killed my children. And you hear people telling her to shut up. They hear people say, oh, she's, you know, she's having a moment, right? Something like this. No, she's telling you, right? This happened. This happened to me. I was a victim. You need to reconsider your actions. But because of the illusory truth effect that they have that they have imposed upon themselves, believing that they are, um, you know, sort of the the, the main character in the struggle against uh, all law enforcement is trying to go after them. They refuse to believe the words of a mother whose children were nearly killed. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's such a joke. It's such clown world, Jack. I mean, when they say that they're mocking her. You know, and they're saying she's having a moment. She's having a moment there. Of course, she's having a moment. She should have a moment. The whole world should listen to what she has to say. I, I'm surprised that she didn't Black swing Lives at Matter. them, to be honest. When I'm watching that, if that were my wife, look, if that were my wife and my wife is Slavic, I'm just saying if that not God forbid we were ever in a situation like that, but you got in her face, I'm just saying, I don't know if you'd be getting out of it. Yeah, man. I mean, she should totally have her moment. The whole world should listen at what she has to say. And it's crazy because they say it's mental illness. We care so much about mental illness, mental illness, mental illness. And she comes out and tells the truth and says, hey, you guys are wrong. This guy's was this guy was the aggressor. He tried to kill me and my family. Uh, now my children are probably going to have a mental illness. She brings that up because obviously the kids are going to be traumatized for the rest of their lives. Of course. Oh, no. How do you know? Did you hear the clip, Jack? How do you know? How do you how know? How do you know? How do you how do you mean? She's their mother. What do you mean? But they don't care. It's a Drew, drip, where can, Jack. Uh, we're, it's a lie. We're out of time. Where can people follow you, Drew? Where can people catch you? You guys can follow me on Twitter, Drew H Live, and watch me daily on the Turning Point USA YouTube channel, Frontlines, every single day at 4 p.m. Eastern. Thanks so much, Drew. All right, coming up, last segment. We're going into Dr. Burke's The New Book, or is it Confession? A tell-all. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want, the way you want. Download now. I'm all about the new Getter ad. Jason, Kalen, I don't know who you got to do that, put it together. I'm all, all about it. I really, I really like this. This is great. And remember also, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You got the splash page up. Go support Mike Lindell. Support his fight 
actual, by the way, fight for democracy. And of course, support the war room, support the work, keep the help us keep the lights on around here while we keep the seat warm for Commodore Bannon. But I also wanted to bring on, uh, because we're finishing out the show, the editor-in-chief. We've been able to land it, folks. Ca Producer Cameron worked all night to land this one. He had to woo her. He had to woo her in. But we've got Libby Emmons from the Post Millennial joining us. Libby. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Yes, yes, yes. The wooing was successful. It wasn't the Ric Flair, you know, the yeah. woo. No, 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 no. So, so the Post Millennial, so much going on this week. Also, I believe the Post Millennial is going double barrel in terms of coverage of the trial of Steve Bannon. But then also you yourself, you're running the page on a regular basis, running the outlet, but you've got a huge report for us on Dr. Burks's book. Um, so tell us a little bit, what's Post Millennial up to this week, trial of Bannon, SAS, and then let's get into Burks. Yeah, we have a great limited podcast series coming up this week. Viva Frey is working on that with attorneys who are uh, reporting live from the trial of Steve Bannon. And everyone should check that out. It's going to be really fascinating. Um, this is kind of a wild show trial based on the subpoena from a different wild show trial that we have going on in Congress. Um, so it will be certainly interesting to see how the January 6th committee continues to prosecute their political opponents. So you've got, and just to be clear, so you, so post-millennial will have someone, uh, obviously Viva, and we had him on earlier in the show, is going to be doing mm -hmm. the limited podcast series every day, a uh, new episode, That's I think right. every night is what he said. And then, but you'll, but post-millennial will also have someone boots on the ground in the courtroom itself, the Perryman Federal Courtroom. Yeah, working with Viva. So he's working with some attorneys who are checking out that trial Excellent. live. And then he's going to, yeah, be working with them directly. So I think that's really exciting. And then um, and then will Post Millennial, will I see Post Millennial down at SAS later this week in Florida? You sure will. We have a couple of our great uh, reporters and editors heading down there who will be covering SAS. Uh, covering some of the great speakers. I know that you're going to be speaking. Governor DeSantis is going to be speaking. And we will for sure be there covering that. So you can find all your DeSantis is actually news right at the post millennial. I was going to say, Sass, mm -hmm. so uh, DeSantis is actually speaking before me. So he's my warm up act for the for the evening. But then I'm oh, warm up for President great. Trump. So it goes sat. So it goes <laughs> at least the last the last schedule I saw. Who knows? Charlie probably will probably yank me after that last comment. But um, right. you were digging shifting. into and we've got about four minutes left here in the program. But you were digging into, and this is so important, Dr. Burks's new biography, which to me reads like a confession when I've read some of these excerpts. You really dug into it. You went down the rabbit hole. Tell us, what did Dr. Burks mean when she said that she hid and obfuscated data on COVID-19 to President Trump in order to achieve the lockdown uh, protocols? Yeah, so it was actually really interesting. I took a look at that. I listened to some of her congressional testimony. And she said that the U.S. did not have sufficient data to back up the plans that she wanted for lockdowns and for economic shutdowns. She said, actually, that the um, goal was to introduce greater and greater shutdown measures, but to do it slowly, one piece at a time. She brought each uh, new plan for the, the shutdown, such as the 15 days to stop the spread and all of this one little piece at a time, not revealing that her true intentions were to go much further. She was literally advocating for boiling the frog slowly and we Americans and her rights were definitely the frog. So at each step of the game, when Americans would give up their rights and would say, okay, we'll do this little piece, you know, 15 days to stop the spread. We all remember that it sounded so reasonable. And it turned out that even when that 15 days to stop the spread was being proposed by Burks and her team to the Trump administration, they knew already that that was really just step one. And in her book, she reveals that there was not enough domestic data to support this and that they were going off of data from Italy, South Korea and China primarily was really interesting, too, because Jim Jordan was questioning Burks in a congressional hearing last month and asked her outright if the government was guessing or if they were lying when they talked about vaccine efficacy and all of these other things. And she said, um, Dr. Burks said that the government was, in fact, hoping that they were hoping that their plans were correct. 
because they, they were, were hoping based on domestic data. They were hoping that's correct. They were that hoping. the lockdowns and the vaccine strategies would be successful. Mm -hmm. But the, she knew at the time she didn't have that. I'm sorry, Libby. She this knew that reads she to didn't me have the like data. a confession. This reads to me like a right. confession. And it reads like a tell-all. Yeah. Like she's getting it off of her Instead, chest. It's, a, it's something that they're proud of. She's very proud of the strategies that she wow. took and the way that she and her team were able to convince the Trump administration and the economic advisors who, um, you know, Trump was very concerned with shutting down the economy. This was not a great idea. We're seeing now this was not a great idea. Yet here we are. Um, and she was very proud of her strategies. I think a big part of the reason that she wrote the book and certainly what she said to Congress was to say outright that the U.S. should be doing a better job of forcefully collecting data. The CDC primarily does voluntary reporting and Burks and many in her cohort think that this should be, um, you know, much more robust and mandatory data collection. Well, I think I think this is something we need to be digging into all week. We're pretty much out of time here for the show today. Libby, where can people find you? Because I know you're gonna be breaking report after report on Dr. Burks and also the way that she modeled this after the CCP. Yeah, you should check me out at Libby Emmons on Twitter. You can follow the Post Millennial on Twitter at T Post Millennial. And of course, we're at thepostmillennial.com every day. All right. Thank you so much, Libby Edmonds. Now, I remember, no, CNN and The Atlantic and some of the places, they heard Steve say something here on The War Room the other day. They said he was going to go medieval. He was going to go medieval, right? So I heard that and I said, go medieval. All right. We're going to go medieval. I'm going to go medieval as we close it out here. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, santificetur nomen tuum, et venia regnum tuum, fiat volantas tuas, sicut in cello et in tierra. Panam nostrum quotidianum do nobis hodie, dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et menos inductas in tentationem, sed libera nos amala. Amen. Amen. Padre, Filio, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Go medieval. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.